0: Good morning, everybody. Six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Wednesday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. It's the 26th day of April 2023. Thanks for taking a few minutes to spend some time with us this morning. Our last show of the week, as I said, I will be off tomorrow and Friday and then most of next week um, as uh, we do some construction here around the house, rebuilding a deck. I hope to have a show on Monday. That is the plan right now. I'm going to try to get a hold of Dan Simpano and do an NFL uh, show. We'll probably tape something on Sunday night so we can run a show on Monday morning. Uh, But uh, keep an eye on the website, on uh, social media, or you can email me at gene at sportscountry.net and I'll let you know uh, exactly what is going on as far as Monday goes. Uh, A couple of things before we get to last night's action. Uh, I just want to take a minute to... um, uh, mention that Harry Belafonte passed away last night. Uh ninety-six years old. You know, I know that um that a lot of you probably you know you probably the only thing you probably know about Harry Belafonte is the his banana boat song uh, the uh, the Deo song, which which, by the way, I mean if uh, if you're a baseball fan, you hear that everywhere. Right. That's a that's a uh, you know, him screaming out Deo is something we hear in ballparks, minor league and major league ballparks everywhere. They play it in Yankee Stadium all the time. Um, but he was a, a, a as great an activist as he was a musician and a singer. He participated in all kinds of protest marches, benefit concerts. He was a close friend of Martin Luther King Jr., uh, a a close friend to the point where when King was assassinated, he actually uh, helped pick out the suit that he was going to be buried in. He sat next to Coretta Scott King at his funeral uh, and uh, continued to support King's family after his death, uh, something that, you know, a lot of people didn't know how close they truly were. He was great friends with the, with the Kennedys and, uh, uh, shared a lot of his uh, opinions um, about black voters and, and how uh, the Democrats could start winning over uh, black voters away from the Republican Party. Uh, so, uh, you know, just a a, a great, great man. Uh, and by the way, something I didn't know that I learned this morning on a Today Show, his Calypso album was the first official gold record in the United States, the first certified million-selling album by a solo performer ever in the United States. How about that? You know, and uh, he became kind of the uh, uh, the face of Calypso music. It wasn't something he necessarily wanted, but uh, uh, that's what he got. And uh, the other thing I learned is Bob Dylan actually uh, played harmonica on one of Belafonte's uh, songs called Midnight Special. And and he was a huge Harry Belafonte fan. Never knew that. But uh, anyway, hell of a run. Passed away of congestive heart failure at his home in New York yesterday. 96 years old. We should all be lucky enough to have a run like that. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, and uh, I read this yesterday and... Um, The University of Colorado just had its spring game last weekend and, uh, you know, by all accounts, it it went fairly well. Um, But the day after or the two days after their spring game, Monday morning, the University of Colorado had 18 players enter the transfer protocol. I mean, the transfer portal. I'm sorry. Uh, Look, Deion Sanders, when he came there, basically put the entire roster on notice and said, hey, uh, there's a lot of y'all aren't going to be here because they were 1-11 last year. We need to get better, and I'm going to clean house. And it seems like A lot of them are uh, doing that. Before he can clean house, they're cleaning themselves out of the house. Uh, Thirteen players had actually left the team before Colorado even finished its spring practices. Deion Sanders said, look, I didn't kick them out. They walked out. But it was also right after he had said to these guys, hey, I'm going to make more roster changes after the spring game. This is a guy that is, is trying to totally remake this team. And, look, he had success when, you know, at Jackson before he came to Colorado. But he is like a bull in a china shop. And all I'm going to say is this better work. Since the whole transfer portal, uh, portal thing started, Colorado has had more people do that than anybody ever. Uh, they have lost 46 players to the portal this year. 46? They have just 10 scholarship players left on this team uh, from last year. That's insane. Actually, 20, excuse me. Ten of them that started, but they have 20 still on the roster as of Monday. There are only 20 left from last year. The the previous regime uh, had brought in, um, I think, 41 players, or 46 scholarship players. Something like that. And, like, most of them are gone. It's crazy. Uh, And all I'm going to say is, it better work. Because he will get skewered. And I know he had success at Jackson State. This ain't Jackson State. This is a step up. And, you know... Deion has never been shy about, you know, blowing his own horn and, you know, telling people how great he is and yada yada yada. Well, he better be a great recruiter because he's going to have to dip into that transfer portal to get himself a roster because right now they don't have enough players to field a team. I mean, it's just brutal. So, he better be he better be as good as he says he is. Or it's going to be a long year in Colorado, and his tenure in Colorado may be a short one. That's all I'm going to say. Um, The Boston Celtics last night had a chance to close out the Atlanta Hawks. And the Atlanta Hawks were down a player. Uh, DeJounte Murray got suspended for bumping an official at the end of Game 4. So he wasn't available for game five last night. So the Celtics, at home, had a chance to close out the Hawks, win the series four games to one. And it looked all night like that is exactly what was going to happen. The Celtics led this game almost wire to wire. But they let it get away. Trey Young hit a three-pointer last night that had to be eight feet behind the three-point line. This thing was an absolute bomb. He drained it with 1.8 seconds left. And the Hawks come back to beat the Celtics 119-117. Look, the Celtics had a 13-point lead in the fourth quarter. A 13-point lead until Atlanta finally tied it up at 111 when Trey Young hit another three-pointer. And the Celtics did some uncharacteristic things. They made some mistakes down the stretch. You know, and I don't know whether it's just because they, you know, like, hey, you know, we're the Celtics and we're going to win this thing and it doesn't matter. We can do whatever we want and we'll overcome our mistakes. Well, they couldn't last night. And one of the worst offenders last night was Jason Tatum. Look, well, Jason Tatum has, is one of the best players in the NBA. Last night he couldn't throw the ball in the ocean. He was one for 11 from three. Uh, turning the ball over. But that's not even the, the thing. The, the, the most egregious thing to me was late in the game, the Celtics are winning 113 to 111. Al Horford commits a foul when Trey Young drives to the basket. It was a clear foul. Jason Tatum didn't think so. He says something to the referee, and he ends up getting teed up. In a two point, You've got a two-point lead, and you get teed up in the final minute and a half of the game. It's inexcusable. Shut your mouth. So, what happens? Well, in addition to the two foul shots he gets after getting fouled by Horford, Trey Young also gets a technical free throw because Jason Tatum mouthed off. He drains all three of them. Atlanta's leading 114 to 113. Is that one point the difference between them winning the game and not? No, it's just a a byproduct of the way that game went last night. And Jason Tatum has got to be smarter than that. Has to be. Now, when all is said and done, Celtics still lead this series three games to two. It's going to return to Atlanta. I fully expect the Celtics to be on a mission. I fully expect that they will win game six and, and you know, uh, flush what that, that disaster last night away. But... It was still a disappointing performance, but oh my God, if you were anywhere on social media last night, and I was, I was, you know, I was checking out Twitter because I knew people were going to lose their mind. The amount of venom being spewed last night at these players, at the coaching staff uh, was unbelievable. You would think that the Boston Celtics were the worst team to ever make the playoffs that they have the dumbest players and the dumbest coaches and, uh, you know, that this is over and the Celtics have completely blown it and they have no chance to win the national or the, the uh, NBA title now. And oh my God, it's just the sky is falling. I had, I I literally had to turn my computer off because I was getting so worked up. It's that bad. You know, I mean, relax folks. Relax. It's three games to two. You've already beaten Atlanta down in Atlanta, so it's not like, you know, that you can't do it. And Atlanta was a 500 team during the regular season. This isn't the Milwaukee Bucks that they're playing. You know what I mean? You know, if you're playing, you know, the Bucks or somebody like that, and you're saying, oh, my God, we gave them, you know, we're up 3-1. We gave them a, a window, and now they're going to kick our ass. This is the Atlanta Hawks who were 41-41. and 41. Calm down. Social media is, honest to God, it's just the worst. And Twitter is the worst of of all of it. Um, you know, again, I've said it many times. The only reason I'm even on there is for this show, you know, to help publicize the show and to gauge reactions from people. and just. But there are times where you just go, oh, my God. It's one of the reasons, by the way, and I don't know if you saw this, but in a rare show of uh, bipartisanship, on Capitol Hill, uh, the House right now is is uh, working on a bill that is being touted by both Democrats and Republicans to keep young kids off of all social media. I think this is a marvelous idea. Kids... Are, uh, th- Under the age of 13 or 13 and under would be or under the age of 13 would be barred completely. And then anyone between the ages of 13 and 17 would need parental permission. Now, I don't know how they police this if it gets passed. You know, that onus is going to then be on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and all the others to uh, to figure out how they're going to verify this. But when you go on and you see the garbage that was being spewed last night, I unfollowed people last night because it was so ridiculous. I mean, I was just like I, you know what if this is what this guy you know this what this guy is or this uh this outlet is enough, you know, and I just unfollowed them because you just have to. But when you look at that and you look at the impressionable minds of young kids of a of a twelve year old or a thirteen year old or a fourteen year old who is having issues, with their self-image or, you know, how they're getting along with their uh, classmates or whatever, and the kind of garbage that people put out on social media because everybody's, you know, these keyboard warriors, everybody's a, is brave, you know, behind the keyboard. And, you know, how many examples have we seen of kids on social media telling some other kid to go kill themselves? And then they do. You know, with the way we, the kids are struggling in a lot of ways today with mental health, Keeping them off of social media could be the greatest thing ever. You know, and again, I don't mean to keep, you know, going back to being the get off my lawn old guy. But when I was growing up in school, you didn't have that. There was no internet. There was, I mean, look, there was social pressure, sure. There were still kids that were bullies in school and kids that were mean and, you know, kids that still struggled with, you know, self-confidence, et cetera. Et cetera. But you didn't have it 24-7. You, you, When you went home, for the most part, you could get away from that now it's not everybody's home life was perfect obviously i'm just not saying you know that that's an absolute but you had an escape you could go home and be in a safe place homes aren't safe anymore with social media these kids are bombarded and so i think it's a great idea i didn't mean to get off on that tangent but i just my point was is you know when you looked at at the the uh, I guess you want to call them hot takes or whatever you want to take after the, after the, uh, the game last night. Oh, my God. You know, it was like, you know, that uh, Joe Missoula, the head coach, should be fired immediately because he's the biggest dope ever. Of course, people have been calling for his fire. People don't like the fact that Missoula is more of a hands-off kind of coach. He doesn't call a lot of timeouts. He's not a, uh, a micromanager in the game like so many other coaches are. That's his style. And you know what? It worked. It's worked all season. You could say, well, maybe they could have won a couple more games if he had called a timeout here or there and tried to – maybe. But it works. He trusts his players. Then again, you know, by trusting his players and allowing them to just kind of do what they do that – you know, maybe that led to Jason Tatum getting that technical foul. But, but my point is, is that, you know, just because you don't agree with something doesn't mean somebody should be fired. You know, again, if 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 the Boston Celtics had won 20 games this year and Joe Mazzulla was doing that, then, yeah, he's getting fired. But they had the second-best record in the Eastern Conference, and they were a couple of games away from having the best record in the Eastern Conference. So calm down. And they're still leading the series, and they're going to win the series. And if they don't, I can eat crow, but I'm telling you, relax. Good Lord, relax. I'm begging you. So, you know, was it a disappointing performance? Yes. I mean, when you've got a 13-point lead, you know, with with five minutes to go, you got to win that game. I get that. But God almighty, relax. A um, couple of other series ended last night. Um, Denver closed out the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, winning that game 112 to 109. Uh, and the Phoenix Suns closed out the Clippers last night. Uh, um, and the final in that one was, uh, 136 to 130. Devin Booker with a huge game in that one, 47 points, 25 of those in the third quarter. Um, So now the number four-seeded Suns will play the top-seeded Denver Nuggets uh, in the second round of the playoffs. And, And as I said, look, you know, the Celtics are going to win. If they don't win on Thursday in Atlanta, which I suspect that they will, but if they don't, they will wrap it up at home on Saturday. There is no way they are losing three games in a row to the Atlanta Hawks. Calm down. Calm down. Uh, you know, and, and the playoffs will continue tonight. Uh, huge game in Milwaukee. You know, and this is one where you know, if Miami is in Milwaukee tonight, Miami leads that series three games to one. If Milwaukee wins that game tonight, and it's three games to two, this that's a situation where the number one seeded Bucks, the number you know, Miami Heat, that's where you worry. Right? that's If you're Miami and Milwaukee wins that game tonight, you're panicking because Milwaukee was the best team in the Eastern Conference all season, right? Then you're worried. This is the exact opposite for Boston. Boston, a two-seed against a 500 team, they're going to be just fine. Miami, maybe uh, we'll have a little bit more to worry about. Uh, and then Memphis tonight, down three games to one. Same situation here. This game is in Memphis tonight. A must win, or the Lakers will win that series. And if Memphis wins that tonight and you're the Laker fans, you're probably puckering up a little bit, you know, because you wonder how long, you know, 38 year old uh, LeBron James can continue the magic that he has put on in these playoffs. I mean, he had a triple double in his last game. He was, you know, he looked like he was playing like he was 28, not 38. So, uh, you know, there's some situations where, where teams need to worry, but I really don't think that the Boston Celtics are one of those teams. I really don't. Um, NHL last night, uh, the New York Islanders stayed alive in their series by beating the Carolina Hurricanes last night. The final in that one was 3-2. Uh, to two. The uh, Minnesota Wild last night uh, stayed alive. In their series, or should say Dallas stayed alive in their series. They are up three games to two. They win last night 4-0. Tonight, we've got the Boston Bruins looking to close out the Florida Panthers. The Bruins, the President's Cup trophy winners with the most points in the NHL. Uh, they've won the last two games by a combined score of uh, uh, ten to four. So i I expect them to close that out in Boston tonight. But if they don't, my God, people will be losing their minds on social media again. Uh, but uh, hopefully, the Bruins can close it out tonight and give give Boston sports fans you know a night off where they're where they're not losing their ever loving minds. It is twenty eight minutes past. The hour. we're going to take a break and we come back. We're going to get to last night's baseball action. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is thirty minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Wednesday morning, a, uh, a rainy day here in the mountains of Western North Carolina. Uh, some rain we've actually needed. We haven't had any rain in four or five days. Things have been a little dry, so the garden's appreciating it. And uh, it's going to be unfortunately when I start my construction tomorrow, going to be a little rainy. But uh, it is what it is. Um, baseball last night, the Red Sox uh, even the series with the Baltimore Orioles, and the Sox will have a chance to win their fourth straight series this afternoon. You know, uh, <laughs> if you had told me um, after the after getting swept by Pittsburgh and after getting swept by the Tampa Bay Rays that the Red Sox that, you know, we're going to turn this around and they were going to uh, have a chance to win four series in a row, I would have signed up for that immediately. Uh, but the roller coaster ride continued again yesterday. Corey Kluber last night was great. Uh and you know, Corey Kluber has been awful. You know, I mean he has just been awful. Well last night he goes out and he throws six innings. Gives up five hits in a run, doesn't walk anybody. And, and, again, that's been one of the big problems for the Red Sox is that Corey Kluber is a guy that traditionally doesn't walk a lot of batters, and that has uh, changed this year for whatever reason. The key is, is can he do that the next time out, or is it going to be like what happened with Chris Sale when you have a great outing and you go out and the next time out, you lay an egg? You know, uh, uh when Whitlock went out and threw seven shutout innings and it looked like, you know, he was now going to be like the new ace of the staff. And then he goes out the next time and he lays an egg. They haven't been able to get consistent pitching with the exception of Tanner Houck. And Tanner Houck hasn't been spectacular every time out, but he has given the Red Sox a chance to win every time out. So you wonder if he's going to be able to back that up. We can only hope. Um, And the, uh, and the Red Sox bats, three in a second, four and a third, a grand slam home run by Jaron Duran last night in the fourth inning. Jaron Duran has been unbelievable since being called back up. Uh in the nine games that he has played since coming back up, he's twelve for thirty-one. He's hitting three eighty seven. He is just mashing the ball. And it's not just, you know, the home run aside, he every ball he hits is a rocket. Everything has been hit right on the screws. Of the 12 hits he has since coming back up, six of them for extra bases, five doubles, and last night his first home run. Uh, And we already know what kind of speed the kid has. You know, and he is, look, he thought last year was going to be his redemption year. He came up in 2021 with all this hype, and he wasn't very good. Came up last year, and it was going to be his redemption. Well, not so much. And this year, at least through nine games, and, you know, this was precipitated by the injury to Adam Duvall. He has looked great. The the interesting part about this is that he has said that it has been the support of his teammates that have been the difference. In the past, he said, with a lot of the veteran players there, it was almost like you felt like you were bothering them Right, If you went to talk to them or tried to get advice, he said, but this year, guys like Kike Hernandez and Justin Turner and Alex Verdugo have gone out of their way to support him and say, hey, you know, anytime he's had a bad game or a, a batted bat, they say, hey, it's baseball. It happens. You know, it's you're, you're doing great, you know, and and he said that that support of his teammates has made a big difference, you know, makes you wonder, you know, what the atmosphere in that clubhouse was like with some of these other players, and maybe some of these guys that have departed, departed for good things. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but you wonder, some of these guys that we've left let walk, and you're scratching your heads about why the Red Sox would let them walk. Maybe there's a reason for that. Um, you know, I don't know. Look, the Red Sox had 11 hits last night. This game was over in the third inning when it was 7-0, especially the way Kluber was pitching. They... Uh, he ended up giving up a, a home run in the fifth inning. That was the only mistake he made. Jorge Mateo hit his fourth of the year uh, in the fifth inning. Sox made it 8-1 to one at the end of eight. Josh Winkowski, a couple of uh, shutout innings in relief. He has been a godsend. He's got a 1.47 ERA out of the bullpen. Opponents are hitting less than 200 against him. I mean, it was just uh, – he's been great. But once again, and I, I keep coming back to this, I don't understand why Alex Cora continues to throw Caleb Ward into games. I know it was an eight to one game last night, and I know, you know, if you're going to put him in a game, that's the kind of game to put him into. But they brought Caleb in in the ninth inning with the team leading eight to one, and he promptly tried to give it away. gave up two bombs. He gave up five hit or four hits and five runs. One of the runs was unearned because a guy reached on, a, on an error, but Caleb Ort, next thing you know, this is an eight to six game. We had I had turned the game off. It was eight to one going into the uh, ninth inning. I said, okay, we could turn it off, right? So, so you know, and you know, we had we had uh, taped the voice from Monday night. So Barb and I were watching that and. You know, and I just, you know, I figured the game might be over, so I check on ma- the Major League Baseball website, and all of a sudden I see it's 8-6. to six, and I'm like, oh, my God. She's like, oh, we better turn it back on. So I turn it back on. The Red Sox, in an 8-1 to one game, end up having to bring in their closer, Kenley Jansen, to finish the game out. And he does. And the Sox win. Jansen gets his sixth save. He's been perfect out of the bullpen for the Sox. But God almighty, with enough with Caleb Orton and Ryan Brazier. Please, I'm begging you, get him out of there. And that's going to happen with uh, Paxton getting ready to come back. Julie Rodriguez, Chris Martin will be back in a few weeks, I hope. And, you know, maybe we won't see Ryan Brazier or Caleb Board anymore. But, my God, enough. Uh, the other bad news, the Red Sox got uh, Yu Chang, who had to leave the game after a check swing the other night in the middle of an at-bat, uh, has been diagnosed with a broken hamate bone in his wrist. He has to have surgery. He is going to be out probably six weeks. Um, and he and wasn't like he was tearing the cover off the ball, but he is a a good defensive shortstop it allowed the red sox to have Kike hernandez at either second base or in center field instead of having to put him at short won't have that luxury uh anymore he's going to be at shortstop they brought emmanuel valdez up but he's look he's a utility guy he was hitting 187 in triple a now he's had a, he's had a few hits since coming back up to the red sox but uh you're not going to be living with him on an everyday basis um so anyway uh Sox win have a chance to sweep today, or win the series today, I should say, and it'll be their most consistent pitcher getting the start today. It'll be Tanner Hauk, who's three and zero against Tyler Wells. The game is at uh, one o'clock this afternoon. But uh, please, God, please, you know, or please, Hein Bloom or whoever, get Calebort and Ryan Brazier out of this bullpen before they completely ruin this this team, please. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays finally had their home winning streak snapped last night. It ends at 14 games as the Houston Astros shut them out last night by a final of 5 nothing. First time that Tampa had been shut out all season. Uh, Drew Rasmussen got the start. He had been really good all season, but he gave up nine hits and five runs in four and two-thirds. And Luis Garcia was great for Houston. Six shutout innings, struck out seven, only gave up three hits uh, and... Uh, the bullpen does its job. Three, two-hit innings, no runs, and uh, they win this thing 5 Um By the way, you know, we've talked about, the, you know, Oakland leaving uh, because fans aren't coming and the place is a dump and yada, yada, yada. Look, the Tampa Stadium is one of the worst in baseball. It's just got no atmosphere. but. This is why I don't think baseball belongs in Tampa. And I'm sorry to anybody. I have friends that you know that live in the Tampa area, that are fans of the Rays, uh, that go to games, uh, and I'm sorry, but when you have a team that is 20 and three has won 14 straight games at home, you should be filling that stadium. Especially when you have the defending world champion Houston Astros in town. You've just beaten them the night before to go to 20-3. and That place should be rocking. How many people were at the game last night, do you think? Less than 10,000. 9,916 was the attendance last night. For the team with the best record in baseball. A team that was doing things that no one has done in the last uh, 125 years in, in terms of uh, the way they've started the season. A team that has outscored its opponents going into the game last night. 157 to 64. You draw 9,900 fans. That is disgraceful. So you want to talk about, you know, the A's going to Las Vegas. How about we take the team out of Tampa for the betterment of baseball and put them somewhere where people will actually give a damn. And I'm not buying. A lot of people want to say it's because of where the stadium is and yada, yada, yada. It's not easy to get to. Not great parking. When you have a team that is that good, you have got – people will come. The problem in Florida is there are tons of old people that are not fans of the Tampa Bay Rays that have moved to Florida from other parts of the country, and the only time they go to games is when their team is there. That is why you're going to see games with the the most fans are the games against the Red Sox, against the Yankees against the Mets because of all the people from the Northeast that moved to Florida to retire because of the weather, that is when they draw fans. Outside of that, they draw crickets. And that is a problem for major league baseball. So say whatever you want about Oakland and whether, you know, they're carpet bagging or whatever it is, you know, at the end of the day, Tampa is just as big a problem. And the fans in the Florida area and the Tampa area should be ashamed of themselves. And that tells me – in, and in a state where spring training for Major League Baseball has been such a big part of the fabric of that commu- of that state and has brought in so much money to that state, the fact that they can't support teams very well in Tampa or in Miami is a problem. Because the Miami Marlins aren't, aren't uh, don't have them flocking in to see their games either. Ninety-nine hundred fans for a team that was twenty and three—unbelievable. The Yankees lose last night to the Minnesota Twins. Say, it's baseball; it happens, right? Twins win last night, six to two. Joe Ryan becomes the first five-game winner uh, in baseball this year. Seven innings, just one earned run. He struck out seven, didn't walk anybody. Um, But what's notable about this? It is the first time that Minnesota has won a season series against the Yankees since 2001. 22 years since the Minnesota Twins had won a series against the Yankees. Holy cow. They brought it up to uh, Byron Buxton last night after the game, and Buxton said, really? He says, I was six at the time. That means even more now. (laughs) I mean, honest to God. The Yankees have owned Minnesota, and the Twins last night win it 6-2. to uh, Look, the Yankees are struggling right now. They've got guys that are hurt. Uh, Josh Donaldson is out. John uh, Carlos Stanton is out. Stanton's going to be out for another month. Uh, Harrison Bader is out. Bader's getting closer to coming back. In their last 12 games, the Yankees are only averaging 2.9 runs a game, and they're hitting 201. That's after they started the season, by the way, averaging over five runs a game, and hitting about 250. So the injuries are getting to this team, and the the defense has become a bit of a problem. Their young shortstop, Anthony Volpe, can hit the hell out of the ball. But he's also a bit of a defensive liability. He made another error last night. I think it's the third straight game where he's uh, committed an error. Uh, So that hasn't helped either. But uh, the Twins get the uh, the series win now. There's, they have another game tonight, but the Twins have already won the first two. Domingo Herman is going to get the start for the Yankees tonight. Kenta Maeda, who had to leave his last start um, in the second inning after he was uh, hit uh, on a comebacker to the mound against the Boston Red Sox. And look, uh, Maeda, you know, hopefully he's okay, but they've got their work cut out for him tonight. Herman pitched against the Twins on April 15th. Uh, and uh, Eli just one run in sixth and third innings. So uh, the Yankees go down last night, but they hope to salvage one tonight. Um, Danny Jansen, a couple of home runs last night in the game, and the Toronto Blue Jays win again. They've won three in a row now. They beat the Chicago White Sox last night 7 nothing, and the Chicago White Sox are taking on water in a bad way. The White Sox have now lost 11 of the last 13 and 14 of the last 17. Uh, the Chicago White Sox are now 7-17. Seven and 17, And the fans are getting a little bit restless out there. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but uh, the Toronto Blue Jays try to keep pace. They uh, gain a game on the uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays last night. Uh, Jose Barrios, his best performance of the season, seven shutout innings. He strikes out nine and only walks one. Uh, and then uh, Mike Clevenger got the start for the White Sox last night. And his probably his worst performance of the season – uh, gave up seven hits and six runs in uh, five innings. They will uh, conclude that series tonight. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi will get the start for the Blue Jays against Michael Kopech, who is uh, 0-2 with an ERA of seven. Seven. 46 minutes past the hour. One more break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 48 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call. A few minutes left uh, this morning uh, our local team down here, the Atlanta Braves, uh, beat the Miami Marlins yesterday 7-4. So after getting swept by the Houston Astros at home three games, or uh, they have bounced back uh, to win two in a row over the Marlins. They have played the Marlins 12 times already this year uh, and uh, won 10 of those 12. Atlanta now 16-8 and in the game. Charlie Morton, uh, the ageless wonder, 39 years old, went to high school in Connecticut, uh, at uh, Joel Barlow High School, uh, was great. And, you know, it's one of these things where he's contemplated retiring each of the last couple years, wasn't sure he wanted to continue pitching. Seven innings last night, three hits and a run, struck out nine. Lowered his ERA to 2.76. Colin McHugh came back from the injured list last night, uh, got in the game two-thirds of an inning, uh, and uh, didn't give up anything. So uh, that's a good sign for Atlanta as well. They have really missed him. Uh, in that bullpen, Ozzy Albie's with a home run last night for the uh, the Braves, and uh, actually had two home runs in the game last night, and the Braves uh, cruise to the win. Cindy Alcantara will get the start for Miami tonight. Uh, the reigning Cy Young Award winner has struggled in his starts this year, as one and two with an ERA of five point four seven. And uh, Bryce Elder, one of their young pitchers, will get the start for the Atlanta Braves in that game tonight. The New York Mets lose last night; they got shut out by the Washington Nationals, uh, the last-place Washington Nationals, who are now 8-14 and 14 after that win last night. Uh, but uh, uh, the Mets have been shut out a few times this year, and a bit of a surprise uh, in the loss last night. Uh, the Washington Nationals pitching staff held them to just five hits in this game. And uh, look, uh, Josiah Gray went six innings last night, did not give up a run, Gave up four hits, struck out nine, walked one. Uh, Josiah Gray has had a brutal start to the season, and it is not his fault. He is one and four after the win last night, but the kid's ERA is 2.93. When the Nationals scored a run last night in the second inning, it is the first time all season that they had scored a run with the Nationals starting. Unbelievable that it has been that tough for them. And Gray was probably ready to start suing his teammates for (laughs) non-support. But uh, he does a great job. Thompson comes out of the bullpen, pitches the final three innings, and uh, the Mets go down. To defeat 5 nothing, the $350 million men are now 14-10, and a couple of games behind the Atlanta Braves in the National League East. Uh, Cody Senga will get the start for the Mets tonight in the middle game of that series. It'll be Mackenzie Gore, who's also been pretty good for the Nationals, 2-1 and with a 3 ERA, will pitch for the Washington Nationals. Um, Phillies lose again. Uh, they had a chance to get back to the 500 mark last night, but it doesn't happen. Uh, Jared Kelnick with a home run, and the uh, Mariners beat the Phillies by a final of 5-3 to three last night. Uh, Bailey Falter got the start for the Phillies and uh, struck out seven, didn't walk anybody, but uh, the home run ball uh, hurt him as he gave up two bombs. Marco Gonzalez with the start for Seattle, five solid innings, lowers his ERA to 3.32 and picks up his second win of the season. Uh, the Cubs shut out the Padres last night, 6 nothing. This was a close game until the eighth inning, and the Cubs put up a four-spot Uh, In the eighth, but uh, Blake Snell's problems continue. Now he only gave up a couple of runs last night on four hits over five innings, but he continues to struggle with walks. He walked five more guys in this game last night, and uh, it has become a real problem. He has walked eighteen guys in twenty-three innings this year. That is an issue, and he's now zero and four. After taking the loss last night. Um, And look, uh, a lot has been expected of the Padres. They are under 500. i I'm sure they're going to be fine. But there is some uh, restlessness in San Diego as well. With all the money and star power on that team, people have expected a lot better. Uh, The Dodgers win last night. They beat the Pirates 8-7. That combined with a loss by the Arizona Diamondbacks, has put the Dodgers into first place in the NL West at 13-11. They are now a half a game clear of Arizona, but the Dodgers beat the Pirates 8-7 last night. Chris Taylor, a three-run home run in the eighth inning. The difference, the Dodgers had actually trailed this game by five runs at 7-2 at one point in this game, uh, and uh, they end up coming back to win the game. And uh, the Dodgers will have Tony Gonsolin making his Season debut, he was uh, on the injured list with a left ankle sprain, and uh, he is finally going to get a chance to pitch tonight. And it'll be uh, Rosny Contreras for the Pirates. Of News for the Pirates, who, by the way, still in first place in the NL Central, 16-8. and eight, Go figure. Uh, they reached an agreement with their star young outfielder, Brian Reynolds, on a contract extension, an eight-year deal worth at least $107 million. It's the most lucrative contract in the history of Of the franchise. Uh, There's a $2 million signing bonus. And there's a club option for 2031 that could make it uh, uh, worth uh, or make it go over nine seasons. And there's a limited six-team no-trade clause. Um, The one thing that he wanted originally was he wanted an opt-out. And that was what was stopping the extension from getting done. He wanted a chance to opt out you know, into the contract. That's the latest thing that goes on in Major League Baseball. Guys are like, okay, I'll sign a, an eight-year contract or a nine-year contract, but I want the option to get out of the contract after two years, which I I don't understand any owner that, that wants to do that. It's just, you know, and the Padres have been dealing with that. With Manny Machado, he's had a couple of opportunities to opt out of his contract. Uh, fortunately for them, he stayed, but it's, you know, it's just silly. You either want to be there or you don't, in my opinion. But it's a good news for the Pirates. They keep their young star there. He's been rumored to be traded a million times. And he is still in a Pirate uniform and will be, it looks like, for at least the next eight years. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back, I think, on Monday. Uh, with another edition of the Wake Up Call. As I said, uh, it's going to be a little bit spotty for the next uh, week or so as uh, we get the construction project going here. And then after that, my wife and I are taking a vacation to see family in El Paso, Texas. So uh, I may not be – it's going to be iffy for the next few weeks, but I uh, hope you'll hang in there and, uh, let's, like I said, uh, uh, check out the website, Social media, and we'll uh, we'll keep you posted on when we're going to be here. We leave you this morning with a little music from a group called Folks Like Them. It's a father son team out of North Carolina. This is called When I Pass. We'll see you probably Monday. <laughs> You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.